3: the helm with my brother in the martial arts and esteemed co-host, Sifu Robert Deal. See Fu Bob, how's it going over there in sunny Burbank?
1: Good, good, weather's fantastic, it's been a little cooler now, it's really great, you know, in the 70s, mm-hmm. uh, upper 80s, uh, so it hasn't been too bad, you know, a week or two ago and the like triple digits, around the 112. That's uh,
2: crazy! <laughs> it was,
1: you know, I have to mention this, though. You know, everybody knows I drive for Lyft, and, and you know, I've told you about some of the people I've driven with. You know, I've had mm-hmm. adult film stars, I've had TV stars, uh, I had a Playboy Bunny last week. Uh, <laughs> I had, for the first time that I know of, my first prostitute yesterday.
3: Wait, 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 wait. You, you gave a ride to your first prosody, right? You didn't have yep. your first prosody. Thank you for
1: clarifying that. <laughs> thank you for clarifying okay.
3: that. I, th- and th- now yours is not for- much
1: better. I've got to say that.
3: <laughs> I'm right there. So, okay, so she, wh- wh- was she like on her way toward a client? I
1: mean, yes, how did that exactly. work? Exactly. We opened up a new Walmart in Burbank about two weeks ago, right? Well, uh-huh. I was taking her the center. And I said, oh, you're going to the new Walmart. And I picked her up very close to my house, about uh-huh. uh, maybe a mile. And uh-huh. she said, no, I'm going to that hotel over there now. She told me she was a freelance graphic designer, right?
2: right. So I asked okay. her,
1: like, what do you do for work? And I said, she, when she said freelance, I said, oh, that means you're out of work right now. And she said, yeah. And I said, <laughs> so, you going to the new Walmart? And she said, no, I'm going to that hotel over there. Now, re- you have to remember that as a father, when I ask questions, usually mm-hmm. I already know the answers, right? Right. Uh-huh. So I start asking the questions. And you know me. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to let things go. Right. So I said, really? What are you doing with that hotel? She says, well, I'm working. Well, my wheels start turning.
2: I said, really?
1: <laughs> what do you do? <laughs> what, what do you do? Well, I'm on. I'm under contract. I said, Really? And I said, You do know that I'm going to keep digging until I strike oil. You might as well tell me. She says, <laughs> Well, I'm kind of an escort. I said, Really? <laughs> That's <laughs> you know, all really you had to say. <laughs> yeah. and That's all they
2: had to said, say.
1: Really? And she said, Yes, I have sex with gentlemen for money. I said, Okay, enough said. So goodbye. <laughs> 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 that was yeah. okay, all right. That was. <laughs> I was there. That was it. What uh, okay, like I, I don't food.
3: understand, <laughs> what I don't understand, why are they called escorts uh, when they're not taking the client anywhere?
1: <laughs> that's right.
3: You know, they're just going to a- stay absolutely. in a hotel, they're, they're, you know, do they're the hotel.
1: And they're going to yeah. do their nasty and be done with it. Yeah. And I don't know why the, they call them escorts. The first, that was the first time. I have ever done that. That I know of. I've never taken somebody to from like a house to a hotel. And oh. Like, uh-huh. Well, now I take that back because I have done that. But they've been going with like like last night. I took somebody to a wedding uh, bridal shower.
2: Oh. Took okay. Them, well, took
1: them to a hotel, to party, right?
2: Yeah.
1: But no, and and I at the end I said, "Now was that that hard to tell me?" And she said, <laughs> "Yes, it was."
3: <laughs> well, I guess it's you like, you know, a freelance designer and you got to do that on the side because you're out of work, well, if it, it would be kind of hard. what she should have
1: said is, you know, I'm a graphics artist. I have to meet with the staff at the hotel to discuss some designs. Mm-hmm. That would have been a perfectly acceptable lie. Right. <laughs> yeah. Now, <laughs> only, a couple things, only a couple of things that bother me. One, okay. she's been hooking since she was 17.
3: Oh, to this lady. where
1: I picked her up from, it puts her in the the district with my daughter. means she could have, because she's 18 now, she could have gone to high school with my daughter. That oh. Was.
3: Hmm. Well, I mean, even if she did go to high school with your daughter, it's not affecting your daughter. So,
1: no, you know what I mean? Gets, not, not smart enough. My, my daughter is too smart to hang out with many of
3: yeah, exactly. So you know, <laughs> I completely, I I completely have faith in in your daughter that she wouldn't, you know, uh, so
1: that make was, the wrong decision. That was my really, week. That was the weirdest thing this week that happened to me. Oh wow, I hadn't.
3: I had nothing weird happen. Uh, what happened to me this week? I just got back from a from a knife throwing seminar with the women at Seven Star Women's Kung Fu. We had a blast. We had a blast. And uh I found out just get really butthurt <laughs> if you talk about their chosen candidate for president. If you just even well, mention well, their well, name
1: <laughs> well, oh, you you no, you're throwing knives at their picture. Somebody's you know, going to get a little mangled.
3: <laughs> well here's here's the thing though, it's a caricature. Now we had we had targets and I've seen them all. We've had targets of of like raccoons bending over and showing their ass crack. We've had car- we've, ha- I've seen targets of like naked women, you know, anyway. So, anyway, <laughs> you know where you have to aim, right? And, and I've seen targets of, of, uh, uh, there were these m- Muslim looking zombies or whatever. And then there were like, well, one of the ladies called a trashy hooker zombie was half dressed and stuff like that. We didn't use those targets because of the audience we knew that this was going to go to, right? So, you know, one of the one of the participants just drew up a caricature of Trump and we're like, oh, "Okay." You know, cuz here's like, you know, some, you know, celebrity made up to look like a zombie over here, here's another rapper dude made up to look like a zombie over here, and random zombies as a nazi zombie and this and that and the other and it's like statement being made we're just throwing targets you know the (laughs) so it's kind of like oh you know hit the zombie in the hand hit trump in the hand you know this kind of thing and it, it was just fun all the way around not because we were hitting trump in the head but boy oh boy the second i post it you know my phone blows up my 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 private chat blows up i get people you know getting all butt hurt all over facebook and it's like come on you know you have every right and this is what i said you have every right to post what you want to say about other people oh you're stupid because you're you know a trump su- trump supporter or uh re- Repo- republicans and and dummy craps and stuff everyone's got a right to say that Everyone's got, you know, but now you're going to yell at me and try to take away my right to just throw knives at whatever target I want. Screw you. I almost said the F word. Screw you. And it's kind of like, gosh, you know, and then they got more, more agitated. I'm like, that's it. I'm done. I'm done. You know, and I'm sorry. And this is kind of like a rant that's going to go out to everyone, you know, on Facebook, you know, I'm I've I am i i do not have any more friend uh friend room. Kinda like you don't have any room for friends either, you know, on your thing. But it's like, you know, I've got like like seventeen hundred people just like stand you know, just kinda sitting there because I haven't accepted their friend request yet. And if I do request someone to be a friend, it's because You know, I've met them once and I like them or something about their profile resonates with me or is familiar with me or I like how they think and I want to get to know them better. I want to be friends with them. However, if someone's going to be friends with me only because I carry a political affiliation, you don't need to be on my friends list. Boom. There we go. That's all I got to say about that. Okay. I feel better now.
1: (laughs) There was something done yesterday that you did yesterday. And this was uh-huh. actually really funny. We got told to go screw ourselves over it, but that's okay. Uh-huh. It was a good friend of our birthday. Mm-hmm. John Crane. Yes. And we Love did a him. video, and I think that it was Pete Rice. In, <laughs> it was his fault we did this video because he sort of told us what to say. And, and it was a funny parody, and that's why we didn't post it because it was inappropriate and it was really funny John had a good sense of
4: humor over it
3: yes yes exactly and you know and it's kind of like you know if I knew that that it was going to look like we were you know threatening physical harm to someone then I wouldn't have posted it but you know it was in good fun there were all the targets there you go right all I got to say is, is, you know, like I said, if me and Bob are going to be friends with people, it's because we like you and we want to share parts of our lives with you. A little bit of ourselves on Facebook, the true us, right? And if someone is going to be a friend with us on Facebook only because we carry a particular political party, then you don't need to be on our friends list ever, <laughs> period. You know, That's right. I, I,
1: and you know me, I, I don't like people.
3: Yeah, Bob doesn't like people, folks. <laughs> so if he's on your friends list, or if you're on his friends list, you lucked out. You lucked out. I'm lucky I'm on his friends list. But, hey, you know, me and him well, think alike. Well,
1: you know, Rusty, okay, I'll keep her
3: around. Yeah, I'll keep her around. She's good for some things. Anyway, <laughs> let's
1: well, move You know on what? With... I'm still searching for what those things are, though. What? I'm still searching for what those things are you're good for. I haven't found them yet. Oh, I'm so looking. Oh, okay. <laughs> hey, watch things hold off.
3: And yeah, and it's, it's I'm wondering why you're still on my friends list too. So anyway, I know, right? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I've, I've done all I could, you know, short jokes, know. you know.
3: Yeah, and it, yeah, it's just yeah. <laughs> I've okay, done the hair well, jokes.
1: Let's... I've done the short short yeah, jokes. Yeah, exactly. You know?
3: And see, that's the thing. Okay, I'm going to go back to what I was just talking about. See, that's the thing. I mean, you know, me and Bob will joke around with each other, and we have two choices. We can either, A, get all butt hurt and go, hey, why you dissing on the short people, you little shit? You know, that kind of thing. Or why are you making fun of my head? Blah, blah, blah. We can take it like that, or we can take it all as a joke. Because when we are joking around with each other, that is the intention. That is the intention, and we understand each other enough. So if you're going to get all pissed off at us because of something we said that you took out of context or something, or if we understood something incorrectly from what you said, and we said something and you got all weird about it, well, you know, clarify. Clarify before you start, like, you know, being like apes and flinging shit at us, all right? All right. Let's move on. Okay, our phone number here is 347-677-0699. Woo, boy, tell us how you really feel, Rusty.
2: I know, right? (laughs)
3: 347-677-0699. Stay tuned because in about 20 minutes or so, we're going to have the founder – and curator of the martial arts history museum joining us mr michael matsuda so give us a call to say hello and ask him about the museum because this is a rare occasion that we can get mr matsuda on the line with us we've been trying for 3 years and we've got him for about an hour so later on 3476770699 all right what do we got for birthdays on your end there sifu bob
1: for birthdays, we have a good friend of mine on Facebook, Vera L. Montez, on the 3rd today. On the 4th of July, we've got a good friend of ours, a good friend of the show, Alan Woodman. 7-5, right we've got Craig Heinbecker on 7-6. We have Laura Hodzik. And who do we have on your end?
3: On today, actually, today, whip extraordinaire expert Adam Winrich is celebrating today. Happy birthday, Adam. Um, on the 5th, Mr. Colin Joseph Neal. He's the producer of uh, Brass, Lair of the Black Widow, a uh, independent movie that I had uh, extraed in uh, a couple months ago. His birthday is on the 5th. And a old Kajikembo brother, class brother of mine, Rick Parton, also on the fifth. On the sixth, we've got Helen Yi, um, a good friend of mine from uh Pama. And on Why the does eighth, that name
1: sound so familiar to me?
3: She I think was a like a guest in a group on one of our shows in the early years. Um Okay. Yeah. Yeah. She's really fun. Yeah. And then on the 8th, we've got Sensei Jonathan Bannister from right here in Seattle. And on the 9th, a Tai Chi student of mine, Mr. Brian Schiffer. And uh, so he'll be celebrating while we are at Dragon Fest. So for all of you having a birthday, the week of the 3rd through the, oh, I don't even know what. And the ninth, between the third and the ninth. The ninth. Uh, duh. Yeah, I need to change my calendar. This tune is for you. I hope
0: you have a happy birthday, a super extra special day. I want to wish you a happy birthday. May all your dreams come true today. Could you really want in a million? a happy birthday too I hope you have a happy birthday and a truly wonderful year filled with all the joy that you deserve and all the things that you hold dear
3: Kind of like a like a jingle that just like won't it'll turn into an earworm anyhow. Right. <laughs> well, yep. Yeah, let's turn let's uh, turn the mic over to Bob to tell us a little bit about some announcements on his end.
1: On my end, in can you believe I'm like stalling here? Uh, can you believe the Dragon Fest is in six days? Yeah. Just boom. I- it's astounding. Now, Dragon Fest this year is taking place this Saturday, July 9th, from 11 a.m. to 6 p.m. at the Airtel Plaza Conference Center and Hotel, 7277 Valjean Avenue, Van Nuys, California, 91406. Their phone number is 818-997-7676. Cost of the tickets at the door are $25 for adults. And $5 for kids 16 and under. Uh, do you think I should uh, go over a couple of the guests, or do you think we should wait for Michael?
3: Yeah, let's wait for Michael. Let's wait for I Michael. I think you're right. Yeah, yep, yep. So, But it'll be fun. Get your tickets. Uh, get, not get your tickets. You can't get them online. Duh. You can only get them at the door. So just come on by and come by our booth to say hi to me and Bob and co-host Kathy Long think it'll be fun too much fun all right uh do i have any announcements yes i do um the tri alliance gathering training camp um this this announcement goes out to any woman martial artists out there within the sound of our voices this is a historic gathering of the three main organizations for women's martial arts in the united states the Pacific Association of Women's Martial Artists, the, the National Women's Martial Arts Federation, and the Association of Women's Martial Arts Instructors. So we've got like the East Coast, West Coast, and, and the middle of the country um, represented. And each one of these organizations have their own training camps every year. And a lot of times it's it's hard for each of the training camps to schedule their camps because they don't want to cut into time for the other camps, right? Because there are many women that belong to, like, you know, two or all three of them. So it's kind of hard to do that. And for the past, I don't know how many years, we've been trying to plan something that would be Inclusive of all three organizations and we're doing it this year. July 20th through the 24th at North Central College, Naperville, Illinois. You, if you're a woman martial artist and you're interested in um, trying out martial arts uh, that you've never done before or if you're curious about martial arts, I suggest you do this. This is a women's only gathering. We expect anywhere between four to 600 people. It's going to be crazy. Um, and, uh, here's some of the, here's some of the teachers and the subjects that they're going to be going over. Here we go. There's going to be a total of 85 classes offered at the trial Alliance gathering at North Central College. Okay. So we've got master Janet Alves who's going to be teaching, um, YMA modern Arnis. And, uh, we've got professor Gloria Baldazar, who'll be teaching co- close quarters combat. Since Karen Brown, who will be offering a class and lecture on grant writing and fundraising. Master Alexandra Carafelli, uh, sorry, Caffarelli. Sorry, Alexandra Caffarelli will be teaching creative writing for healing trauma and a teen class called Clearing Up Consent. Um, Ariel Crooms will be presenting the YMA Meet and Greet. Shihan Darlene DeFour will be teaching ground fighting. Mandy Doyle will be teaching self-defense and self-advocacy for people with special needs. Sensei Michelle Elefante will be teaching gun and knife defense, nunchaku applications, and bow sparring. Sensei Joanne Factor will be teaching a class called Taking Charge, Women Veterans Living with PTSD. Dr. Shelley Fernandez will be teaching... Born for the Mat: The Legacy of Shihan Keiko Fukuda, um, and another class called I Live My Life for Causes. Shihan Melanie Fine will be teaching uh, a lecture and class about creating a website for your school. Kyoshi Narissa Freeman will be teaching a class on um, in, uh, will teach striking and kicking intensive, and Danzan Ryu Restorative Therapy. Shihan Zosha Gorbati will be teaching breathing forms. Grandmaster Sunny Graf has a lot of classes. She's going to be teaching leadership and teacher training for women and girls in the martial arts. She'll also be teaching Panantukan Filipino empty hand techniques, YMA sparring games, and posture, pain, performance, and patience. That's the name of that particular class and lecture. Julie Green, morning wake-up yoga Julie Harmon, Ph.D., will be lecturing on understanding and addressing trauma in your classes. Uh, Jocelyn Hollander, Ph.D., Empowerment Self-Defense, an integrated model of violence prevention. And another class called Violence Prevention in the Campus Setting. Amy Jones, Community Women's Self-Defense. Monatora Chelsea Jones, Turning Kicks into Cartwheels, a foundation in capoeira. Dr. Amelia Jones, Awakening Your Inner Healer. Master Ricky K, developmental games for all martial artists ages 3 to 93. Coach Kelly Kusamoto, a uh, class for teens called Stand Up and Sit Out Escapes. She's a wrestler. Takedown Defense and Singles, another teens class called Duck Unders and Headlocks. Sensei Christine Lincoln will be teaching Beginning Judo and uh, Balancing for Self Defense and Judo Games. Angie Lindbergh, 20 Postures Qigong and Tai Chi for People with Movement Disorders. Shihan Masi, the first 10 steps to opening a martial arts school. Uh, Another class called 10, 100, 200, and beyond. Another class called Hanbo. And another class called Magic of Hakko Densho Ryu Jiu-Jitsu. Carrie Malayo will be teaching Qigong. Grandmaster Carol Middleton, Empowerment Self-Defense Model Course Session 1, Two, three, and four. Sifu Michelle Miller, Boxilum fan class, and a team class for Boxilum flying and jumping kicks. Robin O'Brien, Empathy in Action. <sighs> I, I swear I'm almost done. Sifu Patty Olinger, Broken Rhythm, Faking and Critical Distance Line. Sigu Jen Para, intro, Introduction to Silat Empty Hand Techniques. She'll be also teaching a class in Parang, which is the machete. Um, and she'll be also teaching uh, locks, defense, and disarms. Clara Porter, empowerment, self-defense in the workplace. Uh, Marcella Raimundo, Ph.D., connections between our bodies, assault, and eating disorders, strategies for self-defense teachers. Sifu Allison Riley, bringing out self-defense in public schools. Wendy Rouse, self-defense, women's self-defense from the early 1900s to the present. Sensei Francesca Ruggerello. Self-defense obstacle courses, demo practice class, and her and learning the lubid for practice practical self-defense. Now the lubid is the rope, folks. It's the Filipino word for rope. Candice rushed in. The the upside of down and out. What we resist will persist. Position before submission. Sensei Nikki Smith, self-defense for healthcare workers. Meg Stone. She is going to be. A panelist for empowerment, self defense, and it, an integrated model of violence prevention. Uh, master Su Zifang will be presenting 12 principles and special warm ups of Qigong, master level advanced coaching for your forms, um, a, a class of uh, Bagua Zhang, and a class for Xing Yi for kids. Sensei Sana Tom will be teaching Meditation 101. Um, the basics nuts and bolts of meditation she'll also be teaching combative kickboxing methods martha thompson phd the abcs of esd i have no idea what that is um she'll also also, she's also a panelist for empowerment self-defense and integrated model of violence prevention jenny trower will be teaching krav maga choke defenses one choke three ways and also krav maga foundation uh she'll be teaching a krav maga foundation workshop um, Sensei Heather Turnbull and Priyanka Sheff will be teaching a class slash lecture called Building Resiliency. Master wasenta Young will be um, presenting a lecture called Making Social Media Work as a Free Teaching Tool, a class called Power of the Yielding Force, and Giving Feedback That Will Matter. Sensei Judith Zicklin Sidikman will be teaching a class called Getting to Know Jew, Forms of Gentleness, Part 1 and 2. And last but not least, and say Jamie Zimron will be teaching a class called Kokyu Nage, Aikido Breath Throws. YMA Aikido, Ki and Kid Power. So I think that's for kids. Wow. As you can see, folks, this is a huge amount of teachers, a plethora of classes. I suggest you register right now, women warriors out there. You want to go to pawma.org or nwmaf.org or awmai.org for more information and to register. Whew, gosh.
1: Yeah, really?
3: <laughs> wow. I, you know, that's, that is going to be an incredible, incredible weekend. It's rare that you get this many high-ranking master and grandmaster women. Um, and these, and like all, if not, if uh, well, not all, about three-quarters of these women had gone through the whole fight in the late 60s and early 70s um, of going through martial arts when it was still a largely a male-dominated thing. So, you know, kudos to these women for sticking with it and for, you know, being able to show us how it works all right man you know you might have to do you think we should uh skip some stuff and uh go right to uh uh take a break and go right to master matsuda or should we text them
1: uh no considering he just called in so let's take that break and let's get right into it
3: Okay, I just saw that. Okay, so we're going to save all the other stuff for afterwards, but uh, don't go away, folks. When we come back, we're going to be talking to Mr. Michael Matsuda of the Martial Arts History Museum. So don't go away. We'll be right back after this.
1: High school is a time for figuring things out, like finding the square root of X when your X won't stop texting you,
2: or how to write an essay on 12th night the night before it's due. It's about making friends. And making memories. It's about deciding where you fit, where you stand, and what you simply won't stand for. Long after class is dismissed, after you've left the hall and moved on with life, after you've forgotten all the answers to all the tests,
1: you'll remember the day you figured out the kind of person you were going to be. Stand up for someone being bullied, and they'll never forget
0: you. Stand up to bullying.
2: In 50
0: feet, turn left. Why are you driving so slowly?
5: After a few drinks, I'm taking it slow. Well,
0: you're not fooling the cop behind you. What? Get ready to pay in .1 miles.
5: Getting pulled over for buzz driving could cost you around $10,000 in fines, legal fees, and increased insurance rates. Nothing kills a buzz like getting pulled over for buzz driving. Because buzz driving is drunk driving. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council.
0: The Heart Truth is a campaign sponsored by the National Heart, Lung, and Blood Institute to raise awareness about heart health. One thing that everyone can do to support heart health is to get moving. Health and fitness expert Dr. Pamela Peek says that small steps can lead to big benefits.
4: Throughout the day, just get up and move more. Park your car in the farthest parking spot. Find any excuse to walk as you live your busy life. The key to heart health is regular physical activity and a balanced diet. I help get my patients educated and motivated to stay active every single day. That's why I'm behind the Heart Truth campaign and those who partnered with it, like Diet Coke. Join them this month as they work to educate, inspire, and motivate by visiting dietcoke.com slash hearttruth.
3: Inside this little Burbank building.
5: This is the first museum in the world dedicated to martial arts. It it really reflects on the style and the, the philosophy of each and every different culture. White eyebrow kung fu, monkey kung fu, the animal styles, Shaolin. Talking about the ninja here. Japan had the samurai. Here we go into our Korean section. In fact, every corner of Asia and the Pacific has its own martial arts. It'll be an absolute shame if one day you ask a kid and... He doesn't know who Bruce Lee is.
1: From the history of the Japanese samurai to the artistry of anime, enjoy a look into Asian culture by visiting the Martial Arts History Museum in Burbank. Hi, this is Frank Dukes. This is T. Joe Douglas Wong. Hi, this is Kubu Lua, Michelle Manu, and you're listening to Rosita and Bob on the Dynamic Dojo Radio Show. The only place to be to get the real scoop on the real things that are going on in the martial arts world. Do you have an idea for a guest or a topic that you'd like to hear on the Dynamic Dojo Talk Radio Show? If you do, you can email your suggestions and ideas dynamic dojo radio host at gmail.com or you can also post it on the dynamic dojo facebook page you're listening to the dynamic dojo show with restita and robert your source for martial arts talk radio
3: Okie We are back. This is Dynamic Dojo Talk Radio with Restita and Robert. So if you're just now tuning in, our phone number here is 347-677-0699. And I'm going to turn the mic over to Sifu Bob, who's going to introduce our special guest tonight.
1: Absolutely. Thank you. Well, I've known uh, Master Masuda for few years now since the Marshall Arts History Museum moved into Burbank and we know him as a publisher, magazine publisher, author, uh museum curator, uh monkey kung fu master. Please help me welcome to the show, Master Michael Matsuda.
4: Yay! Yeah, thank you,
5: Bob. Thank you. <laughs> thank you for Yay! that wonderful introduction.
4: Woo <laughs> woo thanks nice for joining us. Michael. Yay. What's up guys
3: Yay. Oh, welcome to the show. That's pretty oh, cool. Thanks, we said. it's
5: great to be here. About time Hi. I?
3: I know, I'm usually right? You're teaching class.
5: But yeah. today we're not doing class, so.
3: Oh, okay. Right on. Well, you know, speaking of class, what Bob and I usually like to do is um have our guests uh tell our listeners a little bit about their start in the martial arts. So, can you uh, give our listeners a little bit of a lowdown on your martial arts background? <laughs>
5: Well, I started a martial arts um back in the sixties. Um, uh, my dad uh used to do uh, judo years ago back in the nineteen twenties. And wow. uh when my brother and I got of age, about uh, eight years old or so, uh something like that, I was really small, he uh had us enroll in judo at the community center, Japanese community center, which we were very involved in. And uh mm-hmm. I spent a year there. It was uh horrible because uh, you know, back then it was mostly adults and there were just two of us who were real small and they tortured us. (laughs) It wasn't a fun experience, but uh, I lasted a year in judo. And then from there I went on, of course, to something different, jujitsu. Yeah. And, but then it was, you know, you couldn't find karate back then. There was just no schools. It was all judo and then judo, jujitsu. And then finally karate schools started opening up. I took karate, And then during one of the classes, some guy came in named Al Dacascas. And Mm -hmm. Al had this really neat black outfit on, high collar, and he was doing all these circular moves. And I said, that was it. And uh, (laughs) I started learning a little bit of kung fu from somebody. And then I finally enrolled in one of Buxom Kong's um, annex schools. And uh, Mm -hmm. that was back in around the early 70s. And then I continued with Buxom Kong for about uh, 10 years at the same time, I was learning uh, monkey kung fu from my friend. Who is, who is learning it at the same time? And every time he got taught something, he taught me. And so I spent 35 years with him learning uh, monkey kung fu and mastering the whole system. So that's about it. You know, I've dabbled in full contact karate with Cecil Peoples. I did that for several years and back in the 70s. And then I did a little wing chung one of Danny Rosanto's students, but here and there, you know, stuff like that. Hmm. So I dabbled in a few things. But that's about it, the whole background. It's been about 47 years now in the martial arts.
1: Wow. Now, Michael, when you started back in the 60s, there really wasn't much to choose from outside of judo and jujitsu. Isn't that right?
5: That was it. (laughs) That was it. There was nothing else to really learn. Yeah, that was it. And good luck finding a school. The community center had the school. There was no commercial mm-hmm. school around us. You know, Jean LaBelle School was there, but you know that was in L.A. or somewhere. But mm-hmm. um, so we had to go to the community center and learn it there.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now I, I'm curious, though, Michael. Back then, you you had some struggles coming up. Did you did you have to overcome a lot when you were coming up as a as a young uh, man and as a teen? Uh,
5: you know, I, I didn't. Um, Uh, I had a fun time. You know, I learned judo, and then when um, I got picked on in school, in elementary school, and one day Mm -hmm. this guy jumped me, and I I did a judo flip, and that was it. You know, my reputation changed, and uh, everybody respected me after that. And then Mm -hmm. uh, when I got into uh, high school, uh, you know, I was already doing kung fu, so I started a kung fu club, a martial arts club and did demonstrations there at high school and all that. And uh, so I was already heavily involved, and I mean heavily involved, in Kung Fu. I was doing Kung Fu when I woke up in the morning. I did Kung Fu at lunch at school. I did Kung Fu after school, and then I went to my class, and then I taught another class, and it was just Kung Fu all the time. So I was really immersed (laughs) in it for all my teen years and 20s and 30s and so on.
3: Wow. Wow. Wow! 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 Man, now yeah, you're you're known. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you just yeah. That's, in a way, I kind of miss it. In a way, I don't. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I <know>. Same here. <laughs> you know, it's,
3: yeah, it's like my knees. You know, can't do that. But you know, it, uh, you're you're best known for monkey kung fu, and um, um, you're you're uh, a senior student under uh, Grandmaster Paulie Zink. Can you tell our listeners just a little bit more about monkey kung fu? Because it's, it's one of the lesser known styles and uh, what a lot of people would consider exotic, quote unquote. And a lot of people kind of misunderstand it from all of the, at least the people that I've talked to, I'll, I'll go, oh, wow, you know, monkey kung fu, that's really cool. And, you know, they just think it's, you know, just imitation or whatever, right? Can you tell our listeners a little bit about monkey kung fu and um, some of the elements of it?
5: Sure, no problem. There's actually three styles of monkey kung fu. There's Shaolin mm-hmm. monkey. Uh, mm-hmm. It's very rare. It's more like a man with taller moves and uh, looking like a monkey. I've only seen a few people do it. Arkwai Wong and a couple other guys do Shaolin monkey. Very rare. Uh, mm-hmm. Then there's Wu Shu monkey or like a opera monkey, and that's mm-hmm. very mm-hmm. popular. Uh, a lot of imitating the monkey. Uh, you stand on your staff, you know, all these uh, funny unique movements that are in uh sha uh, um wushu monkey. And then there's a yeah. uh, taishing monkey. Taishing monkey mm. is only 100 years old and the family tree is really short, you know. There's you know, uh, you know monkey kung fu was started uh, back in uh around early 1900s, 1901 or late late 1890s. Mm. And mm-hmm. uh, you know, was founded by uh Kao Tzu. And uh, he passed it when he uh, mastered the art, he created it, he passed it on to his one student, and then he passed it on to about 10 main students. And then from those 10 main students, uh, only one or two succeeded, and then from there to my instructor, and then there to me. So it's a really short list. Uh, we know hmm. everybody that wow. does the art. And uh, so it's hard to say you actually do it when you don't do it or who's matching right. it because it's such a short family tree. And only one person, you know, usually lasts because it's so difficult. It is low mm-hmm. to the ground and people just don't like being low to the ground. You know, build oh. your kicks. It would be great from MMA, you know, when they get on the ground with some nice knee hits and right. the elbows. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's just very exotic and nobody teaches it. I'm the last one. Teaching it in America, not not by Whoa. choice, it's just that nobody lasted. I was the only one that lasted and mastered oh, the Oh my system. gosh. You know? well, we, so it's not by we, choice, we, one yeah. person. It's just, you know, it happened that wow.
1: way. Like, wow. We, we well, I see, though, you know, Michael, is is that the reason that you only take accomplished practitioners into your school?
5: Well, I don't take anybody anymore. I, I just oh, okay. teaching, I'm passing it on to to my main students, and they're going to carry it on for me. You know, it's very much like Muay Thai in some ways. Mm -hmm. It's very powerful, a lot of knees and elbows and grabbing and pulling, and it's more of an offensive art than just a defensive art. So Mm -hmm. it's a very unorthodox style of of martial art, very confusing, you know. You don't Mm -hmm. know when they're going to hit and when they're going to strike. So it makes it unusual, but it's very difficult to learn. So that's why we only we only brought in uh you know accomplished black belts that already knew the entire system of uh of uh karate or kung fu or whatever, so we don't have to teach basics anymore because it's a, mm. it's an advanced mm-hmm. art
3: wow wow i mean just seeing just you know some examples of all all three not well like you said the the um uh, the Shaolin is very rare, but I've just seen examples of different methods, and I'm like, my knees would cringe because I'm like, oh my gosh, you know. <laughs> but you're right that you know if MMA people, you know, would, you know, open up to it or whatever, it'd be really great for the ground. That's, that's oh just, yeah that's yeah yeah. That's 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 just where the amazing. monkey lives
2: on the ground.
3: <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Absolutely amazing. Well, we you know, we are thankful that you are passing it on to that next generation for you. That's that's awesome. Very
1: cool. <laughs> Yay. But now so there, little, can't, tell, can't, tell us a little oh. tell us a little bit about because from there you went on to publishing, you did tournaments, uh you saw the evolution.
5: Mm. of the martial
1: arts as it was happening.
5: You know, that's a you know very unique thing uh, growing up in this time period. I got to see the evolution of a lot of great stuff, which is really nice of rock and roll music and all that, the change from folk <laughs> to, uh, you know, to today's music. But, you know, seeing the martial arts, even though I was a little kid, I remember the, the blood and guts era, you know, the tournaments of the 60s. You know, mm-hmm. and uh, the Chuck Norris, when he was nobody, he was just a tournament guy. You know, he was just, before good guys were black and any of that, you know, these mm-hmm. were all tournament guys. Now, I wasn't part of the early, you know, Blood and Guts era, but I hit the tail end of the Blood and Guts era. got to, you know, see guys that, out there that are that are icons today, you know, well-accomplished, mm-hmm. known people, Bill Wallace and them guys. And I got to see all those guys. And how great is that? And then through the years, you got to see the people through the 70s, you know, and see everybody accomplished. And then especially the 80s with uh, George Chung and Cynthia Rothrock and all these guys that were competing the best of the best, you know, and to, Mm -hmm. to be there for the internationals to see that whole scan, you know, whole thing from the 60s all the way to today. I'm very privileged and honored to be to know Ed Parker and to know Arkwai Wong and to know all these guys you know back then and before they passed away that what they did and see all this stuff. So it, it's it's I'm I'm very honored to, to be part of that.
1: Mm-hmm. Wow, very awesome. cool. Now now very. did you go to school for, for journalism, Michael, based on your martial arts experience just to write for martial arts or did you have other plans in mind?
5: Uh, I had, you know, I I just took it for classes' sake. You know, I was going to um, uh, start writing later on, but I kind of just took it just to take it to get my English a little bit better and get my writing a little bit better. But um, because I love the martial arts and and I you know I got I was privileged to see the magazines. You know, I can almost tell you on every cover when they came out. You know, I, I remember that wow. I remember that issue of Black Belt. I remember that issue of Wing <laughs> Kung Fu. You know, and I was there, I knew that guy, I was there at the place where they shot it, you know,
2: and um, <laughs> I
5: decided, hey, you know, I, I think I'll do some writing for uh, one of the magazines, and our teacher said, journalist and teacher said, if you do an article for one of the magazines and get it published, you get an A, so I said, oh, great, so I, I got and did an article on Danny Santos uh, 10 years mm-hmm. after Bruce Lee's passing and it got the cover issue. My first article was the cover issue of Inside Kung Fu. Wow. And I got an A. So I said, hey. So I started writing, and I wrote for Black Belt and Inside Kung Fu for about 20 years as a contributing editor. So um, I was very privileged to do that. Wow. Wow, awesome. Uh, but you had yeah. your own
1: magazine, too, as well.
5: Yeah, you know, I, I, had, I was writing for Black Belt uh, quite a bit, and... Um, I decided to, to launch out on my own. I already uh, was doing a, a graphic design uh, degree already, and I was doing trying to get a journalism degree. And I already knew the printing phase of, print, you know, magazine publishing. So mm-hmm. it wasn't a stretch at all when I decided to do a magazine. I, I wasn't thrilled to death at the other magazines and, you know, their – you know how they treated some martial artists, and I thought they were a little disrespectful, so I thought, you know I'd do a magazine and be a little more from a martial artist because you know the other, some of the male magazines don't aren't martial artists at all and uh, mm-hmm. so I decided to do a magazine and and which I did out of the Valley College, and other people um their support, I was able to print out a magazine and have it done using all the college's equipment and in a trade. And uh, so I was able to do that without any cost, so which was nice. So I was publishing a magazine called Martial Art Magazine. I did that for about four or five years, and we mostly covered the tournaments. And later I started doing a few tournaments myself at Cal State Northridge, and, uh, but I sold it around
2: 1988.
5: Mm. Okay. I know, a ton of information. <laughs> Sorry.
2: That's
5: <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. But, you know, throwing tournaments is fun, you know, uh, because seeing the tournaments when you were growing up, you know, you got to see all these guys, and then here, now you are throwing the tournaments, and you see a new crop of uh, people come up, you know, which is kind of exciting, you know, so, mm-hmm. and then I got plenty of help from wonderful people like James Liu and Doug Wong, and all these guys, at Parker, uh, all of these guys would help me and support me and get my tournament going and make sure the magazine was doing well. So I'm very grateful for the help of Ed Parker and and many other people back then. They 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 saw potential in me and they helped me out and I really appreciated that. Very cool. Because like well, running obviously.
3: tournaments is tough. I can't imagine.
2: Oh
5: yeah.
2: Oh yeah. Know. <laughs> it's, it's
5: it's 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 terrible. It's you know it's not as bad as throwing a dinner.
2: <laughs> throwing a dinner
5: event is worse. Throwing a tournament is not that bad. You know, really, it's
1: it's just a lot of work. But throwing a dinner is worse.
3: Oh man. <laughs> oh. Man. Now,
1: you started the museum, the martial arts history museum, in 1999. Mm-hmm. What brought that to fruition with you? Well, How did you get the idea, wow, this will be a great idea. Everybody can come and see, it, see and study the martial arts of what it was and who was involved. How did that come into being?
5: Well, actually, the the 1999 is when we officially registered the museum. Okay, that's when it became legal and everything. But it was actually started uh, about in the 1980s, really, um, when I was doing the magazine, I felt that uh, month after month, uh, people are going to forget who's on there, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, I wanted to do more stuff on history, and uh, the other magazines didn't do it history that much, a little bit, but not that much. And I wanted to really focus on history. So I had talked with Doug Wong and Kerry Ogawa Wong and James Liu and other couple people about doing a museum. You know, and I thought mm-hmm. it would be this would be a great way to to uh, keep our history alive. So I had uh, already started planning the museum in the 80s, but I didn't have enough resource. I didn't have the know how. So I went uh, back to school. I went to college. I went to the American Film Institute for many many years, learning, learning directing and producing. I went to uh, learn how to manage. I got a degree in management. I went and got a degree in marketing. I went out and got uh, business, uh, you know, classes and management classes and art design, and I had to develop my background in order to start a museum because there's no way I can do it without a full background on how a museum works and Mm ins and outs and how to design it. So I went to school, and when I felt I had learned enough, I, I went for like 25 years after high school. To every university mm-hmm. you can think of so I can get a good enough background. I didn't want this to fail, you know. I didn't want it to fail, so I wanted to make sure it wasn't going to fail, so I had to get that background first. And then when the Internet came out, I had to wait till the Internet was more uh, – everybody started using it because back then in the 90s, you know, people weren't using it that much. But around mm-hmm. 1999, people were really starting to use it, and I said, okay – let's go forward and we'll launch the museum now using the internet as our as our launching pad, and that's what we did with the help of my friend uh, Fireboard, uh, Jacques, uh, and we uh, set it on fire in 1999 on the website and registered it, but it actually started wow. in the 80s.
1: Well, so my calculation is, Michael, because of all you've done and where you started in the martial arts, you're about, what, 106?
2: <laughs> I know, I've lived so
1: many <laughs> lifetimes, in <laughs> one
5: short spell you know um it, you know it, it's been a really fun journey in in many respects uh i've got to work in in the industry as as a, a graphic designer for disney i got as a, a advertising director and uh and a newspaper a production manager And learning all that great stuff along the way was a blast, you know. They say you you have so much fun, you never work a day in your life. That's what it's been like to me. Mm, I felt mm -hmm. like I I haven't worked a day in my life because it's been a really fun learning photography. I mean, going out and learning it, actually learning how to set up the studio, how to do the lights, how to do everything. And uh, that's been really fun to learn, and and especially graphic design is my, my big fun thing I love to do, and now with Photoshop, you know, I remember when Photoshop first started, and I thought that was a blast, and now it's great, mm-hmm. you know, but uh, I was just drawing by hand, but Photoshop really changed everything, so uh, yay um, for Adobe. <laughs> of of yeah. course,
1: with that said, Michael, we have to bring up that Michael Bezuda designed our new logo for the show, and now it's on everything, we've, we've branded this, it's on everything. this this year. <laughs> Everything. Ah, thanks. You know, I I couldn't bear to see your other logo out there. No offense. But I wanted to,
5: you know, you guys (laughs) are very professional, and I wanted wanted you to have that big oomph, you know, that big push, and to be very professional. And I thought a nice logo would would be good for you guys, and so that's why I put it together. It's been in my mind for like a year. I just never put it down on paper. You know, like the museum logo, we had um, just type. It was just the words, Martial Arts History Museum but mm-hmm. i the dragon logo took me 5 years to create i went through so many revisions and i wanted to do something that would en- encompass japan korea thailand the philippines you know and i thought a mm-hmm. dragon but a friendly dragon would be kind of cool so that's what it came out with
3: <laughs> it's a cool logo and we uh your logo is very cool and the n- new logo that you made for us is just incredible because you know me and Bob were thinking oh my god we're so tired of this logo the, the one that we had <laughs> right we're we're so tired of this this is like I was tired of it I was getting ready to just like you know not use a logo and just dynamic dojo talk <laughs> radio because it was like oh my god and it's, it got to the point where like you know, Bob and I were looking at it and it would look like a cartoon. It would start looking cartoonish. Right. And I'm like, (laughs) I can't, I can't stand this crap anymore, but I just never had time to like go through designers and go, okay. And I tried going through a couple designers over the last few months and everything came up looking cartoonish. Right. You know, looking kind of, yeah. And I was just like, Oh my God, I told them exactly what I wanted pretty much. I could swear. They just, uh, they just, like cut and pasted like stuff off of the old logo or something and just rearranged it. And I was like, I am not happy. What did I, what did I pay this, these people for? This is like not working, but anyway, but thank you so much. Cause it's branding on everything now.
5: oh you're and, welcome. Uh, you know, I, I did yeah. the same thing. I went through one of them, like Fiverr or one of them to, to do some design. And I was just, Oh, that's horrible. I'm paying you for this. I'll do yeah. it myself. <laughs> yeah.
3: <laughs> Yeah, I was like, oh yeah, Fiverr. Yeah, I, you know, granted, there. I, I guess it's, I guess it, it's different if, if they knew exactly, you know, where you were coming from or where we were coming from, and you know, the background behind, you know, stuff that we want to do. But if they don't have that vision, they don't get it, and that's the hard part. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, you know, I'm like yeah. yeah, yeah. My own my yeah. my own school logo took about two years. <laughs> um because I had to find a designer that knew exactly what I wanted. But anyhow. But it's a wonderful oh, logo. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank
5: you. Oh, you're thank welcome. You. Well, you know the the museum's logo was taken off the um the seal of the president. That's where it actually came from. And then mm. the uh what's that? A Sea World or one of those, um uh it has uh-huh. some type of uh thing and so I wanted to make it circular like that. So I took it from one of the Sea World logos. The style, you know, the circular mm-hmm. style of it. And then right. uh, put it all together and just threw words around it, and I think it came out pretty cool. It,
3: it came did. out great. <laughs> yeah, the the museum's logo is awesome. It's recognizable. It's for anyone yeah, that's yeah. been at the museum; they'll know. Hey, that's the museum logo. So, <laughs> go ahead. Now Bob. we do have to
1: remind our callers that if you want, to, if you would like to speak to Michael, because we have a couple of callers, please mm-hmm. press one. That way, you, we know you're in the caller queue and you would like to speak to. Uh, our special guest, Michael Matsuda. Now, Michael, let's get to the crux, crux of our discussion, which is mm-hmm. next week's Dragon Fest. Yes. You know, it was started by Gerald Alcimora. Uh How did you end up taking it over? It was a great idea. We all were there. You used to display there with boobs and just sat next to the Zubnox from, from Seinfeld. Uh, tell us the history, how you got Dragon Fest started again. Well, you
5: know... Um uh Gerald Okamura wonderful man um uh, started it uh was it uh I can't remember the date 2003 or no it was lo- well a long time ago
3: <laughs>
2: I yeah date <laughs> i forgot but he started
5: did. and he, he had it in Covina i think in as a little room and then from there it slowly grew into a lot of celebrities and stuff like that would come to it and we would have a booth i think after the third or fourth year uh, I think the third year we started having a booth for Marshall Info, uh, was and mm-hmm. uh, and the museum mostly for Marshall Info because you know I didn't really want to push the museum yet you know I, I again mm-hmm. I just kind of had it on the download until the website and stuff like that was more out there. But we had a booth every year, and we'd have uh, one of those spinning things that you you spin and win water. And very cool stuff like that. So we were very creative. Mm-hmm. And then I designed the website for uh, Gerald Kimura for Dragon Fest. And so we were very involved and happy to be involved. It was doing a lot of great things. But, you know, the economy went down and all that. And so Gerald decided not to do it anymore. So uh, when we started the magazine, um, everybody kept bugging me to pick up Dragon Fest. I think it up and I said, no, no, no. You know how much work that is? You know, no, no, no. no. <laughs> Now, uh, you know, but during that time, uh, I think the next five years, I started running um, conventions. I did the, uh, I was the director for the San Fernando Valley Health Fair. I did a couple of Vegas as a conventions. I did a bunch of shows for Blue Cross. So I was already learning how to run conventions and exhibits. So now by around um, toward the end of Dragon Fest, uh, I was already uh, running other conventions. So I already knew how to do it. So mm-hmm. it wasn't that hard when, when we decided to go forward. And then everybody kept bugging me after we started the museum and there was so much on my plate, you know, start doing everything for this place. And uh, I said, you know, I really want to keep Dragon Fest alive. So I called Gerald and I said, Hey, Gerald, is it okay if we restart Dragon? And he said, yes, you have my blessing. You know, you have my blessing. You go ahead. And I said, great. So that's what I did. And, in about uh, two months or three months' time, uh, from that uh, yay nod from Gerald Kimura, we launched Dragon Fest. And uh, in two or three months, we already had the first one going. So yeah. uh, it was a fun <laughs> venture. You know, Dragon Fest ended, uh, it was about a nine-year gap than the last mm-hmm. Dragon Fest until when we started. But it just picked up like everybody was there, you know, like it never mm-hmm. ended. So I'm real thrilled to death about it, you know. Um, it has now that, that museum feel because it has uh, cultural events, you know, this year we have the Shaolin monks and taiko drumming Mm -hmm. and different things that make up art and culture. We have tons of anime artists and, you know, different books and things that they touch on history as well as celebrities and icons and all that. So it's grown and grown and and I'm thrilled to death to carry that on and, and keep Gerald Okamura's legacy alive for many, many generations.
1: Mm-hmm. Now, I'm glad you said it that way Michael because Rusty and I have been at every drag event you've had so far and, it's, and you're right it has grown and grown what are some of the growing pains that you've, you have you uh, have had to uh, overcome throughout the three years that you've had it well you know martial arts it's, it's
5: not an easy thing uh, you know like Comic Con Comic Con everybody wants a booth and they're going to pay galore you know thousand mm-hmm. dollars two thousand dollars for a booth and they've got you know 80,000 plus people, uh, the right. martial arts don't go to conventions that much, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. so, you know, you're talking a thousand to a 1, thousand, 1200 people at the most or so. I think Dragon Fest, uh, the old Dragon Fest at its height reaching close to 2000, which isn't that much compared to the outside world, you know, the Comic-Con mm-hmm. and all that. So it's a challenge, and people don't have a lot of products to sell, and they don't have a lot of money to buy the booth, so we can't charge the high prices that, you know, Comic-Con would charge. So, mm-hmm. you know, uh, thankfully, as a museum, uh, they donate a lot to us. You know, the place that we, we hold it at gives us a huge discount. Uh, we got sponsors as a museum. They're, we're a nonprofit, so we were able to get some sponsors, especially this year. And uh, people will just donate to help us mm-hmm. out, anonymous donations, because, they, you know, everything goes to the museum. A hundred percent of everything of Dragon Fest goes to the museum. doesn't go to a salary, nothing. It all goes to help the museum. And people see that. So, you know, our growing pains is getting more and more people involved in it. And, and it's a, a huge reunion and I think we can be as big as Comic-Con if we all come together. We're a huge martial arts community. And if we can all come together and support uh, things like Dragon Fest and support the museum, we can be just as big as Comic-Con.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Oh, I absolutely. I know a lot about no.
5: guys. Uh,
1: that's okay. <laughs> <I know. laughs> so, some of these days, I don't say a word. It's just Rusty and the guests. I have, I have <laughs> actually had my wife go and get me dinner bring it back and i ate it and i still haven't said anything <laughs> so that's okay you're doing great no you're doing uh, fine but, you're doing fine you know with that said michael you've got a lot of stuff that master akumoto did not have with social media and everything to get the word out
5: oh yes you're, you're quite right you know uh gerald uh just got on you know the internet uh back then toward the last uh uh, three or four years, uh, the website and stuff like that. But today, social media has changed galore. I mean, most people come to the museum by social media. They see it on Facebook. They see it on the web and stuff like that. So uh, Dragon Fest were uh, allowed to uh, use those resources, you know, from Facebook to Twitter. And then uh, uh, IPR Software has donated all their um, press releases free of charge to us, which was usually be about twenty thousand a year.
2: Wow they so were able
5: to send mass press releases to all the biggest publications and newspapers and it all gets in there, which is really nice. So, you know, channel five, channel seven, channel seven's running a commercial for us and as a museum, you know, they do it for us without charge, which is very nice. So, mm. you know, we have all these wonderful outlets that Gerald didn't have back then, we're able to do now. So uh, there's no reason we, why we can't grow, and that's what we're doing. We've grown from a smaller place to a bigger place, you know, and more. So uh, this place is much bigger, and then hopefully by
1: uh, next year it will be bigger, and I think it will. I, I think wow. so. Now, uh, we have a caller that did press one that would like to speak yeah. with you. Rusty, do you mind if you take a caller?
3: Let's do it. Okay, area code 704. You're on Dynamic Dojo Talk Radio. Who are we speaking with?
4: Hey, how's everybody? This is Pat McDaniel.
3: Oh, hey, Professor. How are you?
4: I'm all right. How are you guys doing over there?
3: Pretty good. Pretty good. Awesome, awesome.
4: Well, it's a very interesting show tonight. I uh, just happened to to call up to kind of see what was going on to see Mm -hmm. what you guys were discussing and and who your guests would be. Uh, Mr. Masuda. Yes, sir. You you wouldn't remember me probably. You're a very, very busy guy. <laughs> However, <laughs> I was uh I was with you uh last year at the uh, Masters Hall of Fame. Uh, ah, in, very good. In fact you're on the picture with me. So I, I, I recognize
5: hey, your voice. I'm trying to picture you in my head, but I recognize your voice. You have a very distinct voice.
4: Oh I've heard that before. <laughs> I've heard it before. <laughs> <laughs> But I uh it's been so interesting uh listening to you explain more details about your background in the history and martial arts and how you started the museum because I've had to try to explain to a lot of my students over here on the East Coast who you were <laughs> because you're a picture, <laughs> with me, you know. So people are like, Well, who's that and who's that and who's that? you know. And what I was able to tell them is that what you explained while you were at a, at, when we were in Hollywood uh, last year is that I knew that you had the museum and that you had did writing for uh black Belt magazine and, and, and things of that nature. You know, that, that was about it. I, mm-hmm. I was not able to visit the museum and I know uh, Rusty and, and Bob had worked it out to where if I would have gone there earlier, I could have, you know, uh, visited that museum and I didn't, I didn't get there in time. Uh, so I am interested in, as far as that museum, uh, your customer base, you know, who does it draw? Is it—is it just martial arts enthusiasts or martial arts participants or people that are active or was active at one time? Are, are there people out there that are like martial arts fans, whether they see them in movies or they know people like Chuck Liddell and... You know, and they just come and visit arts. They have nothing to really do with it, but just fans of of watching it, and things
5: of that nature. Ah, uh, very excellent question. You
4: yeah, know, that's a great um, question.
5: One thing that that we did, you know, we were a traveling exhibit for many years. Uh, in 1999, a few years after that, we put together a, a traveling exhibit, and we started as a uh, ten by ten little booth, and people loved it so much. Uh, the conventions uh, Asian conventions, uh, little Tokyo, you know, all those, they started calling us and uh, mm-hmm. they wanted the, the, the museum to be there. So by this time we had had a, a larger size area. And when all was said and done, we had a thousand square foot booth, you know, yeah. they set up a tent, they, they get us a truck and we'd haul stuff galore, you know, across the country. It was a lot of work. But, um, we had tested the market that was our that was our testing field we had uh, did different things. We'd put items out there we'd decide what type base people would read, how much they would read a paragraph, five lines, what size of type they would pay attention to. We had to measure all this you know throughout the time we were as an exhibit. you know it's like when I went to the Chinese America Museum over here in LA, there was so much information on the wall. I didn't read a thing, you know, right. it was just overcrowded. <laughs> so we tested the market and we wanted to see who, what would people like? What would they enjoy? Uh, do we look at culture? Do we look at history? Do we look at sport? Do we look at, you know, a different things? So we had to weigh all that out and see what, what people wanted. So with that said, um, the majority of the people that come to the museum do not do martial arts whatsoever. Got it. Um, they are all families. They are all school children. We have tours of school children every week, but most of the people come are couples and families that don't know nothing about the martial arts, know nothing. Some of them don't even know who Bruce Lee is. And right. They know nothing about MMA or wow. anything, or may have, they have dabbled in the martial arts a little bit you know, in the Mm -hmm. past, but the majority of the people don't know anything about the martial arts. You know, we obviously get the martial artists in here, you know, that know all the different things, but, Mm -hmm. but the majority are families and kids and they, you know, uh, as an old Disney artist myself, I have my friends from DreamWorks and my friends from the Simpsons and all these companies uh, help me out and they help me design the museum to make it friendly and uh, more like a Disneyland because, you know, as a Disney guy, that's part of it, right. but more, mm-hmm. of uh, more of a entertaining, more of a, Oh, I can uh, do a nice backdrop and, you know, a Hawaiian area, make it a little more Hawaiian, put a little animatronics, you know, put a little stuff that, that makes it a little special than just yeah. stuff mm-hmm. on the wall. And, and the people love that they enjoy it, and the kids have a blast. We do scavenger hunts and all that. So, the majority is, is families and, and non martial artists, and which is great for us because they're open. There's a new door opening for the martial arts community. You know, exactly. the guys mm-hmm. learn about karate, kung fu, everything, and that's great for all the studios worldwide. But right. uh, that's our most our most clientele. That's the most people that come, and people don't know anything about the martial arts.
4: That's wow. so interesting. That is very interesting. I always wondered that, now, I do plan to uh, To make a trip back to Cali, because uh, I'd like to visit Bob again and uh, come and come and visit to visit your your museum. I I do want to do that. Thank you so much for that answer. That explains a lot. And I also have more to tell because I was not aware of your Disney connection. You know. Oh I, yeah, it, yeah. That that's you fascinating. Get... So I've got some other things to tell my students to just kind of make. It, to make me more interesting because you and I don't want a picture together. <laughs> <laughs>
5: well, you know, it, it's fun to make it creative, you know, uh, to make it unique, you know, not just pictures on the wall or like the Getty or right. anything like that. To make it enjoyable, that that you're going to see uh, Japanese. Uh, background in the Ninja area, a Hawaiian, mm-hmm. you know, a huts kind of thing. You know, uh, obviously we're a smaller location, not that big, but when we do get a larger size, which I'm hoping to very shortly in the next year or even hopefully uh, the next sooner than that, but we'll see what happens. Okay. But we, we have a lot of, you know, I, I've already pictured, like like I pictured the museum way before we started. I already I pictured that. the entire place in mm-hmm. my head before I wrote it on paper. And this is mm-hmm. exactly what my head was and I've already pictured the new place adding Sorry. more Chinese stuff, adding <laughs> more Japanese. I've already got the whole place pictured in my head. So doing that as an artist myself, it's that creativity that, that that helps bring more enjoyable things to look at. You know, I look at a ninja and the ninja's there. And, you know, it's kind of cool to have the, you know, the different weapons there and all that mm. neat stuff mm. around you. So uh, I enjoy it and the kids enjoy it a lot.
4: Well, uh, thank Very you so cool. much for, for your answer. And I I do plan to visit. And I, I will uh, definitely keep in touch with uh, with with Rusty and Bob and let them know when I want to come back because I do want to visit Bob again. He was a uh, he was a re- real cool cat when I was there last year. <laughs> <laughs>
2: right on. That he is. To <laughs> He's
4: a cool dude. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. Thanks so much.
1: Oh, you're welcome, thanks, sir. Anytime. Spencer. Oh, thank you, Patrick.
2: Thank All you. Right. Now,
1: and yeah, send draw. me a picture now, of you and I together. <laughs> <laughs>
2: oh, yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah, I think now, I can probably Michael, find it.
1: This is your third year at Dragon Fest. Mm-hmm. We've talked about a little growing pain going on. What about the evolution of Dragon Fest? Because you've made different changes uh, every year now uh, mm-hmm. to see how it goes. T- tell us about some of those changes that have gone on the past three years.
5: Well, you know what what Joe did was a wonderful thing for the martial artists. You know, bringing the it, it mostly focused was on celebrities, and uh, icons, and uh, pioneers in the martial arts, which uh, we got to meet. So, which was very cool. Um, what I decided to do is uh, take some of that pattern and re um, reestablish it as as a museum event. And when when I say that, um, this museum is about art history, culture, tradition, you know, and how uh, martial arts played a key role from music to artistry and to different things like that. And uh, I wanted to put that in Dragon Fest. So like um, this year, and we, which we did before, uh, we had a row of just people in the film industry, all the things about the new films coming out. So we had the people of production companies, Our Camacho, James Wilson, you know, Gorilla Pictures, uh, Philip Ree with his new movie, and we had a row of that. And then the next area would be on art, you know, on designing artists Ed Parker, uh, Jerome Liu. Uh, many people we got Emmy Award winner animators from DreamWorks and The Simpsons, and that would be like another row area. And this year we're adding. Uh, besides, we got this year we have a whole row of anime artists. Uh, people that have done major work for Disney and, and stuff like that will be there. Uh, Elizard de, uh, Del Rosario, Jerome Liu, uh, Christoph Voucher—you know, these are all big guys in the in the uh, entertainment industry. And then the second new role we have this year is for books and cultural history. So we got a whole wow. role on just publications, uh, not just martial arts publications, but Chinese history. You know, uh, Japanese folktales, different things that, 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 oh, that's what we do in the martial arts. That's why we call it this, because it was part of Japanese culture. You know, Mm -hmm. so all these things, bowing and swords, and we got a lot of an area on books, so we have a whole publication area. And then we have an area for celebrities. We have the Karate Kid team is there, and the Big Trouble Little China celebrities. And then we have our icons, uh, you know, pioneers, champions, and stuff like that. So we're happy to have that kind of variety of what the museum has. And then uh, on stage this year, we have the cultural events, which is what the museum is part of. So we have... Shaolin monks, taiko drumming, Chinese lions, you know, Asian music, hula dancing, stunts, you know, different things like that. And celebrities, you know, talking Q&A with some celebrities. And so it it encompasses everything the museum is about. And that's what I want to continue expanding because we can do a lot more, you know, having celebrities, just celebrities is great, but having more in-depth stuff, of artistry and culture and tradition, uh, adds more. And then it opens the door to non martial arts communities, you know, non martial arts people to come to our event. And that's what we need. You know, mm-hmm. obviously just mar- we would need martial artists. We need that community, but we also need these, these guys that, that their kids don't do martial arts. And we have face painting there for the kids and all that. We have cosplay people and things like that, that the kids can enjoy. So, the old Dragon Fest never had kids, and this year we're trying to push kids in there. You know, $5 only for kids, and that way they get entertainment, they have fun, so we're trying to expand that area as a more family-oriented reunion of martial arts things, but cultural and historic and the museum feel.
1: Is that right accurate? <laughs> that, that is very cool. Now, one of the big, biggest things I noticed is last year, it was a 2-day event. This year was one day. What what was the difference between one day and 2-day event?
5: You know, um <laughs> you know, at the other the other conventions like Comic-Con, you know, it's like 3 or 4 days. Right. And and these guys are used to being at a booth for 3 or 4 days. You know, they're used to taking off work or whatever. They put this time aside and they're there for that time period. And they're there, you know, they're there manning that booth. They paid, you know, good money to be on that booth. And so we did. We had Dragon Fest the one day the first time. And then when we decided to do it two days, a lot of the people weren't used to the two days, the vendors. I'm talking about the vendors. Uh, Mm -hmm. They got tired, you know. We did a whole day. You know, I don't want to go back again. And so we had some booth people who paid for the booth but never showed up the second day so we had empty wow. booths so we had to spread it you know spread people out to fill the booths so you know there most martial arts companies and mostly mom and pop companies and stuff like that cottage companies uh, industries and um, you know they don't they don't have that much stuff and they got other stuff to do on a sunday or a saturday so it would be better to find a bigger place that's what we did here we found a bigger mm-hmm. place so we can get all the booths in because, you know, we had a waiting list last year, of booth, and same thing this year, but we had twice as many booths this year, and that way we can get everybody in on the same day and, uh, you know, celebrate there and go out to eat afterwards and don't have to worry about coming back the next day.
2: When we get as right. big
5: Comic-Con, we'll worry about the two or three days, but right now this is what the industry can support uh, mm-hmm. just the one day. Mm-hmm.
1: Very Uh cool. Now, tell us a little bit more about the people that have committed to be there. We're all going to have a great time. You've got authors and celebrities and martial icons and Tyco and stunts and going a little bit more depth like who's doing your stunt. You know, you're having a stunt team up there, which is amazing, which we've never been able to do before. Uh, have demos uh, and that sort of thing. Tell us about the yeah. demos and, and the people you're going to have there.
5: You know, uh as much as I uh I've seen so many demos all my life, so <laughs> I seen a lot <laughs> right. of demos. It's nice to have uh, something a little more refreshing in the, in the area of the stunt fighting. The stunt fighting put on by John Craig is a a kid-oriented stunt fighting. Uh because our goal is to attract more families, you know, into Dragon Fest. And don't want to make it too harsh, you know, for the little kids. And uh, so it's more of a kid-friendly kind of thing. And, you know, again, as we open the doors more to families and other people who have never done the martial arts, who want to come to Dragon Fest. And, I mean, you know, like here at the museum, people pick up the flyers. And they say, I'm coming. I'm going. I'm going. And they don't do martial arts at all. And that's what we mm-hmm. want. We want those people who have never done it. And now they're going to meet people. They're going to meet, you know, these guys that do karate and kung fu and they're going to get inspired to enroll their kids in a, a class and all that, you know? So by having a fun and entertainment and exciting things that, that, uh, these people are not used to is kind of unique. Having the Shaolin monks is they're very creative and the taiko drumming, you know, we've seen taiko drumming. Mm-hmm. But a lot of them haven't seen that and that's all brand new to them. So it, it shows the culture and the history, you know, and I think that's very important. And uh and also, you know, Dragonfest is also like a reunion. I, I like to think of it as a reunion. It has that, yeah. that spirit, that feeling of reunion. You know, everybody mm-hmm. comes together and, you know, hugs each other. They haven't seen it. Some people haven't seen each other twenty, thirty years. And here right. they come to Dragonfest. You know, it's it's amazing. And and to have all these wonderful people cooperate, Eric Lee and you know, our Camacho and and to Rothrock, and everybody giving of their time to help us out is is wonderful. And having them there, and especially some of the stars and celebrities, uh, we we understand that some people, that, you know, everybody's committed. Everybody is all agreed right. to come to our event. But sometimes they have work gets in the way, and we understand that. You know, last year we had almost everybody there, uh, but Billy Blanks didn't show up. Uh, this year we have Danny Trejo scheduled to come, but if he's got something, you know, he's not going to come. Last year same mm-hmm. thing, with Joe Montaigne. If he had something scheduled, he's not going to come, but he happened to make it. So we've been very lucky to get everybody who's committed to 99% be there. So which is mm-hmm. great, and people come in the door. We had Michael J. White come in the door last time, and many of those guys all just come in, you know, and enjoy Dragon Fest and meet everybody. So. We're very honored that these people would help us out in this way.
1: Wow, very cool. That was very cool. So, who is, oh, what? tell tell us those, uh celebrities that are are going to make, you of course mentioned Danny Trejo. Who else is going to be there or are scheduled to be there at this time?
5: Well, let's see. We have uh, Danny Trejo scheduled to be there, uh, Steve Odekirk from uh, Kung Pao Movie,
2: very uh, great cool. guy,
5: Robin Shao, uh, Mortal Kombat. Um, Cynthia Rothrock, of course, the great Cynthia, uh, Don, the Dragon Wilson, Shasha Misho from the old TV shows, Dallas and all that, uh, Al Leong, you know, um, we have the cast of the Cobra Kai, all the Cobra Kai from the Karate Kid, including Martin Coe, which is very cool to have here. And, uh, and then, you know, we got uh, some of the, uh, pioneers like Graciela Casillas It's her first time. Uh, you know, James Liu, uh, Fumio DiMura, uh, Doug Wong, Eric Lee, Cecil Peoples, um, you know, um, Albert Leong, Donnie Williams, T.J. Storm. A lot of great people will be there and uh, they're, they'll be nice to meet. But a lot of more come in the door, which is a very I, I love when they surprise us, <laughs> you know, <laughs> when I heard, uh, Frank Trejo appeared and. A couple other people appeared that I was shocked was there, and I was very glad that they came. So we're happy to have a lot of the celebrities there and the people supporting us. I think Kathy so Long is be Frank Traylor was not
1: well. scheduled, scheduled yeah. last year? He just showed up? Frank, Frank was was not scheduled? He just showed up? That's correct. A lot of them just showed up, which is wow. very nice.
5: You know, and they're that all very so supportive. Cool. And, you know, which is very cool. They all paid their way, you know. Because, you know, this is a nonprofit. The whole thing is a charity event. And even the big icons all were happy to pay their way in, which I'm very thrilled. You know, that says a lot about a person. And uh, right. I'm very thrilled that they did.
1: Very cool. It really, it really does. It really does. So, Rusty, th- this is the one of the shows that I have been doing most of the sp- speaking. That is rare. And that's
2: and that's cool with me. <laughs>
3: and that's cool with I, me. <laughs> and that's, that's, so what do you
1: have for Michael, though? You've been at both Dragon Fest right alongside with us. What's that? I'm sorry, say it again. You, Rosie, what do you have for Michael? Because you've, you've seen the, the same things I have through the years. You've been at both Dragon Fest right alongside of us.
3: Yeah. Yeah. uh, Now, have you heard of any stories from any of the uh, the uh, general public that comes in um, as opposed to, you know, regular martial artists? Have you heard anything about like, you know, parents bringing their kids into Dragon Fest or even at the museum, let's just say, and then you hear that, oh, hey, my son joined martial arts because of Dragon Fest or because of the martial arts museum. Have you heard any stories like that?
5: You know, one or two. One or two. Uh, it would be nice if they came back here and told us, you know. But, Ready. you know, a lot of people leave here inspired. A lot of people say, you know, I really learned about this art. I'd never heard of it. I'm going to go look for a school. You know, I'm going to learn this. I'm going to enroll my kid in, in the martial arts so he can learn this. We get a mm. lot of that, which which is really cool, you know. And, um, you know, I think we could do a, a lot, especially with Dragon Fest. You know, Dragon Fest coming up this next Saturday and, uh, you know, to me, this is so exciting. You know, Dragon Fest is such right. an exciting thing. There, there are a few other uh, people that put on big events, and, and that's great. That's wonderful. It's wonderful mm-hmm. to have the community involved. Uh, over here in California, it's a hard thing to do. Uh, I know other companies, I won't say who they were, in the past who have tried to do large uh, conventions, but here there's so many things going on, you know, it's mm-hmm. hard to get them, the martial arts, you know, Disneyland's here and Universal's here and movies are here and, you know, Hollywood's here and everything's everywhere. Right. So it's hard to get everybody and, you know, to, to get behind it. But thankfully, you know, with, with Dragon Fest, um, it's been a community effort, you know, and I really mm-hmm. have to thank the community for, for continually being behind me. I mean, they were behind me when I had the, the magazine and doing that. You know, uh, Parker and all those people were behind me. And still those same people who were behind me back then in the 80s are still helping us in the museum, you know. We've switched, switched to a museum, which I'm very glad of, but they're there to help us and there to support us. And they're there at a Dragon Fest. They're at the events. And it's a blast for them, and I enjoy it. You know, I really enjoy Dragon Fest. I'm glad we started I wish I would have started it sooner, like people told me. But uh, <laughs> it has been a fun ride, you know. I, I just really get a thrill out of Dragon Fest. And what's more, uh, there's such generosity of, of a lot of people that would just come up and give us money right there at Dragon Fest. You know, here mm-hmm. here's a couple hundred dollars. I made this at my booth here. You take it, you know. uh, People are just being very kind to help us out because they know the greater good. You know, this is all going to the museum. And this is all going to hopefully when we expand to get a big place, not hopefully when we get it. We can do a lot of stuff, have a big theater in there, and do a lot of stuff for the martial arts all over the world, be the home of the martial arts community worldwide. And people see that vision. And they're there to help us out. And by being part of Dragon Fest, uh, that helps us out galore. Dragon Fest is our biggest fundraiser of the year. And mm-hmm. we're, it's getting bigger and bigger. And the more people support it, there's no reason, again, why we can't be huge. And and it's right. a charity. It's a nonprofit. And by being there and being part of it, it's something so special. You know, I, I hate to say it, but a lot of us are leaving, passing away. Yeah, nope. Get a time when we can be together to say one last hurrah, one last hello. You know, see that instructor that we haven't seen in thirty years. This mm-hmm. this provides that opportunity. It is
3: incredible. I mean, I look I've looked forward forward to every year because, like you said, it's like a, a reunion. I only get to see all of you guys like maybe once once or twice a year, and that's it because I'm like up in the upper corner of, uh, <laughs> of the country. And, and it's a, and like you said, it's, it's, it's a reunion, it's got that feel. um And it's, it's friendly, it's a friendly event that people can come in and not feel like they have to be knowledgeable in like, you know, like at comic cons. Oh, I better know something about anime. I better know something about <laughs> comic books or whatever. And, you know, right. and that's why I don't go to a lot of conventions. Like I don't watch anime. I don't know what's going on. You know, I don't go to comic book conventions, you know, because I lost track of comic books, you know, 30 years ago. Whereas Dragon Fest is so friendly like that. Come on in. You know, that kind of that kind of feel. It's It's just incredible. And I hope it does grow. It, that yeah, great. yeah,
5: exactly. You know, I, I love the feeling. You know, it, it, it's, it's, it's for something bigger than ourselves. You know, yes. people come yes. there and uh, they don't always have to come every year, but they do, you know, and they come to support the museum. So the museum is something bigger than our, than all of us, you know, and and it's something that the whole community can get behind. It's, mm-hmm. And people don't worry about egos there at Dragon Fest. We're all one big family there. And everybody mm-hmm. enjoys everybody. Doesn't matter what style. We're having a great time, you know. And it's for the greater good, you know, for for the museum to expand and to do more wonderful things. It's because of that support we can do Dragon Fest. You know, without support we couldn't do it. And and mm-hmm. it's it's a you know to do it as a charity. Uh, we're a nonprofit, and it all goes to to keep our history alive. You know, I have to say with, without the museum, you know, I'm going to say this is the only opportunity we're ever going to have in our lifetime. I can tell you that this is mm-hmm. the only time there will ever be a museum. I can tell you that because it's just so much work and so much money invested in the museum. Right. There's no return on it. You know, I've never been paid yet. You know, there's mm-hmm. no return in that area. So it's a hard thing to do. You know, it's a hard thing to do, but without a museum, all that legacy, all that wonderful, the Blood and Guts era and the Arkway Wong and all these people who faced prejudice and racism when they came to America to bring their arts, all those wonderful things will be gone. You know, the books are getting no longer published and the magazines are almost all gone. And without Mm -hmm. a museum, that history those uniforms that they wore will be yeah. thrown away by their grandkids. All that will be lost, completely lost. No one will know who Joe Lewis was or Bill Wallace or Bill, Bill Saki or Bruce Lee or any of those people were. You know, without a museum, it's all going to be lost. So mm. without the support of the community, uh, it is the support of the community that, that makes this possible. The museum is designed to land continue long after I'm gone, it'll continue on and I've designed it to be that way. And uh with that so I encourage people to, to support the museum by going to Dragonfest, being a part of it, adding more donations. It's all tax deductible. You know, supporting you know, you we have twenty seven thousand known martial arts schools across the nation not including garage schools, community center schools, park mm-hmm. schools and so many more. Imagine if each school just gave one hundred dollars once, once to the museum, we can be in a huge place by next month. So right. we gotta get the whole community together to do something like this. The museum, it's here, it's established, we are registered, we've done it right. We've met with the right politicians. We've met with the right people to get it up and going and to continue to last for many generations to come. And I, I believe we've done it right. And I, I, I only look to we're going to grow and do many wonderful things if we can get the whole community behind us. hmm. hmm. Now, uh, now
1: tell I'm... us about some of your exhibits.
3: Yeah, and how do you get these items? For these exhibits, because you've got some really cool items, <laughs>
5: yeah, we do, I know they're they're really neat um i like I like our gopher chucks uh, that's pretty funny
2: <laughs> <laughs> you know
5: um, everything here, one hundred percent of the items are donated to the museum, everything is donated Wow. Uh, we just don't have the funds to to buy items, and thankfully, people see. What we're doing, and are happy to be behind us and donate stuff. You know, Steve Oderkirk donated his his gopher chucks and uh, uh, the squirrel and different things. We have the mask from uh, Enter the Ninja. You know, we have a mm. hundred euro kendo outfit here. We have samurai outfits. Some are new, some are old. You know, uh, some are some of the samurai are new, so the kids can kind of touch it a little bit, which is good. You know, they get a little feel stuff. We have the drums. The, you know the uh drum from the chinese new year an old drum from back then we have a lot of great stuff that people uh continually give and help us out you know and so th- we're very privileged of that matter of fact we have so much stuff we have two little warehouses that are filled with stuff that we are oh able my to put out because we just don't have the room so mm. we're ready to open at a bigger place <laughs> we have the equipment right. to open there you know But um, doing the exhibits has been really fun, you know, um, featuring culture and history and all that as as the main placement of stuff that that people can relate to. The Great Wall of China and how that played a role in Chinese history and how music played a role in Kung Fu and art played a role in the samurai. All that, the Kabuki Theater and all these different things, artistry things that played a role in the martial arts. And it's that connection – that the non-martial artists can can relate to quite a bit more. Mm -hmm. And then, oh, yeah, oh, I see how the Filipino dancing, the Filipino dancing was teaching the art of Kali to their Filipino, you know, uh, people Mm -hmm. and all that. So dancing and culture all plays a role. So we've done exhibits based around all that. And so doing exhibits has been really fun. I just we had wish we had the funds could do a lot more because I have a lot more in my imagination, but uh, right. we we'll, we'll, for what we've got we've, we I think we've done a pretty good job.
3: Wow, now do the exhibits rotate at all? Like you know, do exhibits like stay up for a year and get rotated out? How does that
0: work?
5: A little bit, a little bit. You know, um, like the we we usually kind of add on to stuff more than rotate.
0: A uh, mm, few things
5: mm-hmm. we add on, you know, because we still have a little bit of room where we can add a few more things. You know, like um, uh, we're getting uh, uh, Joe Lewis's uniform, the Stars and Stripes one coming oh, up.
2: Cool. And
5: uh, that's going to be a nice addition. So we're going to add that, you know, to our area. And we're getting a few other uniforms and a, a few other uh, movie things that we can actually, because we have a little space we can add to it without looking cluttered. So we do mm-hmm. rotate a little bit because, you know, we get a lot of brand new people that come to see the museum and they get to enjoy all that unique stuff that we have. So we, mm-hmm. we our goal is when we, we have a huge place uh, to have exhibits and in the exhibits we can do, Uh, karate uniforms from the blood and guts era, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, full contact fighters uniforms, or, you know, all these different weapons of uh, Hawaiian weapons or, you know, different kinds of things that that we can focus on, you know, that Mm -hmm. that we're unable to do right now because we don't have the space. But, you know, we do Chinese lion dancing from the 1920s, the old lions and,
2: you know, very unique
5: stuff, you know, the, the different federations, the different, judo uniforms from you know the olympics and all that unique stuff we can do in a larger place you know Mm -hmm. know, all the chuck norris's outfits or you know or stuff like that we can put from walker texas ranger or something like that we can do a lot of that when we have exhibits so we can do that as a rotating thing as an exhibit
4: very
3: cool very very cool now um i had another question about the the museum what was that (laughs) did you guys hear that is that that on your side oh okay okay Um, I had a question about um, at the museum the museum also holds um, special quote unquote days at the museum to pay homage to Uh, people that have made a contribution to the martial arts and stuff like that. Can you uh, tell our listeners a little bit about what those days are all about and how often they're held?
5: Oh, sure, sure. You know, we do a lot of things at the museum. But before I talk about the days, um, we do a lot of stuff as far as working with the community. Um, Mm -hmm. We do a lot of tour groups. Um, Like we work a lot, like um, just three days ago we had – a whole group of mentally and physically challenged kids here, uh, oh, very cool. severely challenged. And we, we work with them on tours. We, have, we work with the Alzheimer group and dementia groups that come here, and we work with them. Uh, my my family's a little bit in the medical field, and uh, so I've gotten used to a little bit of that, so I'm able to take that and work with them in the groups. So we do a lot of things for handicapped, uh, for the Red Cross, and they do different things like that that's involved in the community. So we don't mm-hmm. just have it just, uh, you know, just families. We do, uh, we do work a lot with the senior groups and different things like that. So we do a lot of that, and we do a lot of outreach in that way. But going into the events, um, I didn't want the museum just to be a place you come in, you see the stuff, and go. I right. wanted people to come back all the time. And that's why we do events here at the museum at least twice a month. Uh, we used to do a lot of seminars here in our back area, and then we kind of rotate a little bit. We have exhibits. We had uh, Muay Thai photographic exhibits. We have anime artist exhibits. You know, as an evening, you know, just an evening that they would come and enjoy it. So we get, and then we have our days that we honor people, and that's going to be that's our funnest thing. I really enjoy that. It's a time that we set aside yes. to honor someone in the community, uh, especially mm-hmm. uh, some of the icons like Fumio Demura and Takabota and stuff like that. And we dedicate two hours and we make a video, a couple of videos of their lives, we read their biography, we kind of toast them a little bit. I don't say roast because it's not bad, but we toast yeah. them a little bit. And then we bring people that uh, want to say a few words about them. So, it's it's you know, the, when we honor someone... Their whole school comes and the other friends come and people flying from all over the place that they haven't seen this person in years. And they, this is our time. The museum has time to honor them. And that's mm-hmm. what we do before they pass away. We want to their, have their friends and their community to come together, pay a last respect, hopefully not last, but pay right. a respect to that person and say, this is what you did for me. Thank you you know so it gives people the time to come up on stage and to tell you know the story of what they've done or what that person has changed their life you know mm-hmm. we we a lot of us as instructors we don't know uh, what sometimes how we change people's lives and the impact we made and mm-hmm. and it's nice to have the students come back and and tell us that but we don't get that too often but when we have something like days we honor people um they come and they say I came all the way from New York just to say thank you to be here, to support you, to honor you today. And we do a two hour event and the people love it. Tears in their eyes, or they laughing or enjoying and they see all, it's like a huge reunion of everybody they've known in the past. And it's nice to have them together. So we're, I love doing those days, so we just got to have more of them. It's a fun thing to do and, and mm-hmm. a fun way to say thank you and a wonderful way to say thank you for what they've done in their life.
3: Very cool. Now, at the museum, is there a way that uh, people can donate? I mean, I know they can, like, go to the the museum itself and um, put a donation toward the museum. Is there a way they can do it online?
5: Uh, yes, they can. Uh, our website is m a the letter m a and then the word museum dot com so m a museum dot com and there they can donate. It's a, again we're a non profit charity and whatever they donate is tax deductible. Uh, thankfully we get many donations on there which I'm very honored. But anybody from anywhere across the world can go onto our website and make a donation to the museum. And and that's what the museum, the museum is completely supported by donations and memberships. They can become a member and, uh, you know, uh, people helping us and uh, volunteering and uh, coming to the museum but it's that those donations that really help us out. The sponsorships, you know, like we're very privileged to have Michael Perella and the County of L.A. sponsor Dragon Fest this year. and That's wonderful, and we need more of that. So we, the museum, again, is supported completely by donations and uh, memberships. So I encourage everybody to get behind the museum. Go to our website, mamuseum.com. And uh, make a donation and support this great cause that will have an impact on the entire martial arts community, not for just this generation, but for many generations to come.
3: Very cool. Awesome. Hear that, folks? (laughs) MAMuseum.com. Make a donation if you can't come to Dragon Fest. And if you can come to Dragon Fest, um, if I remember correctly, the online ticket sales are done with. You can get your tickets at the door. Come on out, everybody, because it's gonna be a blast. I am so looking forward to seeing this 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 bigger venue.
5: <laughs> <laughs> it's a little bit bigger. It's it's the size of the other one and a half. So well, well, we have bigger. to grow in steps here. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. It's, the worst thing is to do is to get a big place, and that's what I've seen other people do: get a big place and nobody shows up. You know or half yeah. the people show up, so I didn't want that to happen, so we're taking baby steps as we go along
3: yeah well i i have a feeling i have a feeling it's uh it's it's gonna be pretty pretty packed' cause, uh yeah, yeah. You know, yeah me and bob have been uh uh pushing the pushing dragon fest uh all year and uh and i've got <laughs> i think there's a couple people from here in Seattle that are that are going to be coming down. Um I don't I'm going to have to check with them. I had I know I have a couple students that said that they wanted to come down and one student that said that he was on his way driving down. Um <laughs> for something else and he wants to like come by and check out Dragon Fest and I was like, "Oh, hey, we should just- one of these days, I'll bring a contingent <laughs> to the museum. <laughs> One of these days. All right. Well, we're getting close to the end of our broadcast time, so I'm going to bring the mic over here to Bob to see if he's got any last minute questions.
1: Why would you do that? She love to put me on the spot like that. She's <laughs> like, "Hey, Bob, here you go. Here you go."
3: Here's your mic. No, actually, <laughs> you no. Know,
1: I, 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 we, we did great. It was a great show. We learned a lot. Remember, Dragonfest Fest, this Saturday, July 9th, 11 to 6 p.m. Come by and say hello to us at the Dynamic Dojo booth. Uh, and we're going to have so much fun. We got a new mic flag. We got a new backdrop. We, that This thing is going to be branded for us. Please stop by and say hello to us. Re, but remember, I don't like people.
3: remember he doesn't like people i guess i'll me and kathy will be doing all the interviews i guess no we're gonna twist we're gonna twist robert's arm to do some interviews so come on by because who knows you might get interviewed for dynamic dojo talk tv live we're going to be broadcasting live on facebook live for all the interviews and stuff so dynamic dojo facebook page is going to be blowing up so stop on by, folks. All right. Well, thank you so much, Michael, for taking time out of your schedule to be with us today.
5: Oh, you're welcome, guys. It was a blast. I really enjoyed it. And I hope other oh, people are you. encouraged by it.
3: Yes. I I hope people I hope are so. encouraged to come to the museum as well. So have a safe forest, everybody. And we will see you next week, Michael. Well, I oh, will. Sounds I'm great. I'll see you more. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Have a great rest of the Have a great rest of the weekend. Bye, Bob. Bye,
2: everybody. See you next week. Bye. Bye. All right. See you next week. Bye-bye.